0: want to write a novel but not sure where to start? Grab a copy of my free story starter kit workbook by going to savannahgilbo.com forward slash starter kit. In this free multi-page guide I'll walk you through the first five questions to ask and answer before writing any story. You'll get clarity on your characters, your setting, your theme, your plot, and so much more. So one more time go to savannahgilbo.com forward slash starter kit to grab your free copy. I want you to have confidence in the fact that every decision you make is actually bringing you closer to accomplishing your goals. Because even when you make a decision that isn't the best or that doesn't 100% serve your story or your theme or your idea or whatever, you learn something from it. So you learn something new about yourself or your writing habit or the story you're working on, and then you can move forward. And it's this slight mindset shift that literally could change your writing life. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Specifically, I'm going to share three strategies that you can put into practice today that will help you overcome imposter syndrome once and for all. And I wanted to dedicate a whole episode to this topic of imposter syndrome because I know that many of the writers I talk to experience it to the point that they don't start writing or they don't finish the books they start because they think things like, who am I to be doing this? Or what are people going to think? Or what if I write this whole story and it's terrible? And so they don't put themselves or their stories out there into the world. And I can totally relate to this feeling because it happens to me and I'm pretty sure it happens to all of us at one point or another. Imposter syndrome is a real live thing. And if you're dealing with it, I want you to know that you are so far from being alone and that there is nothing wrong with you. I also want you to know that imposter syndrome is something that you can definitely overcome with practice. Now, before we dive into the three strategies I'm going to share with you today, I want to tell you a quick story, and this is going to be a little bit random, so just bear with me. The other day, I was taking my two dogs, Forrest and Luna, on a walk, and I was thinking about this topic of imposter syndrome because a writer I'm working with is feeling it in a really big way right now. Right before we went on the walk, I had gotten off a call with her, and I was trying to think about what I could do or say that would help, and this is going to sound silly, but I was walking and I looked down at my two dogs and I thought, well, Luna and Forrest are these amazing little pups, but they aren't the only dogs out there. There are literally thousands of Shiba Inus and thousands of golden retrievers in the world, but at the same time, there isn't one that's just like Luna or just like Forrest. They each have their own perfect personalities and their own cute tendencies that make me smile and laugh and love them every single day. So although there are dogs that look just like them out in the world, there isn't another one that's just like Forrest or just like Luna. And in fact, there's actually two other Shiba Inus on my street and at least four or five golden retrievers in my immediate neighborhood. So I have a pretty good sampling to go from. But again, they aren't like Luna and they aren't like Forrest. They aren't unique or special in the same way that my two pups are. So what does this have to do with imposter syndrome? Well, overcoming imposter syndrome kind of requires you to think in the same way. So sure, there are other people out there who are writing books just like you are, maybe even in the exact same genre or on the exact same topic. I mean, I get it. I'm a writer too, so I have these fears and I have these worries, right? But that doesn't mean that they have the exact same uniqueness or that special je ne sais quoi that you do. There is only one of you, and I know you've heard this before, but do you actually believe it? Do you really understand that you are a unique individual? and that you are capable of writing a story like nobody else can. Because there really is nobody else in this world that can write a book or a short story or whatever you're working on in the same way that you would. So if you learn anything here today, I want you to be more like Forrest and more like little Luna and own who you are and where you're at on your writing journey, okay? And yes, I know I just told you to be like my dogs, but if you have a pet, you know that they can sometimes be our best teachers. So anyway, let's keep moving on. Now, I get really fired up about this topic of imposter syndrome because I see how much potential that the writers that I work with have, and I know that imposter syndrome can literally be blocking them or any of us from greatness and from bringing our stories to life, right? As an example, I worked with a woman a few years ago who had a draft that sat in her drawer for like 12 years before she did anything with it. Now, I helped her with a developmental edit, but overall, it was a pretty good story that didn't really need a whole lot of work. So fast forward to, I don't know, six, eight months later, and she got a publishing deal, and her book is actually about to be released later on this year. Now, I know if I had asked that woman 12 years ago if she ever imagined that she'd be a published author, she would have said, well, I hope so, but also on some level, she would have thought, I don't know, you're kind of crazy, but then look at where she is today. She is a published author and her book is with one of the big five publishers. So I just want to remind you that where you could be in just a few short years from now is probably going to blow your mind. But if you keep thinking small, or if you keep thinking, who am I to be doing this? Or if you keep worrying about what everybody else is going to think when you put yourself and your story out there, then you're never going to get to that place. So a little tough love, but we've got to let this imposter syndrome go, and that's what this episode's all about. Now, I want to start by getting really clear on what imposter syndrome is and how it shows up. So I found a definition from a social psychologist named Dr. Amy Cuddy. She says that imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. And Harvard Business Review goes on to say that imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. They seem unable to internalize their accomplishments, however successful they are in their field. Now, maybe you're nodding your head yes right now and that you can relate to this definition of imposter syndrome. I just want to tell you that most writers experience these feelings of inadequacy at some point in their career, whether they're published or not. It's really just the nature of the game. Now, the good news is that today I'm going to share with you three impactful ways that you can kick imposter syndrome to the curb. Imposter syndrome does show up differently for everyone. So for one person, it might show up as a type of paralysis, so not being able to move forward in your draft for fear that you don't have something to offer, or something that's unique enough or good enough or whatever it is. For someone else, imposter syndrome could show up as a block of creativity, and we all know that this is pretty detrimental to any writer. For other people, imposter syndrome shows up as giving up, like totally throwing in the towel and just giving up on your whole entire story. But no matter how you're experiencing imposter syndrome, the tools and strategies I'm going to share with you today are going to help you overcome those feelings so that you can share your amazing gift and your amazing story with the world. So strategy number one is to get out of your head and into your heart. That might be a little cheesy, but it's also true. And the reason this is the first strategy on the list is because I really do believe that you have to start here. If you don't, then the rest of the strategies I'm going to share won't matter. So here's the deal. You want to be a writer because you have something to say, right? There's something that you want to convey about life or love or the world or human nature or death or whatever it is that sets your heart on fire. You have some kind of message to share with the world, and I promise you that there is someone out there who needs to hear your message from you. So when you overthink things like the smaller details of your plot or your character's hair coloring or clothing or which floor your character should live on in an apartment building, it's clear that you're letting your head get in the way. Now, with that being said, I'm not going to tell you that you should never let your head lead the way in any part of your writing practice. Of course you should. Your mind is logical and it helps you in so many ways. But what I want you to understand is that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and you've poured every bit of yourself into your story, I want you to know that it all came from your heart, because when you lead with your heart and when you share your messages with the world, that's what's going to connect with readers on a deeper level. So when you do this and when you show up as your authentic self and when you lead with your heart, you're showing up in a way that nobody else can replicate. And you're not going to be able to show up like that if you're always letting your logic lead the way because when your logic leads the way or when your head is doing all the decision making, you begin to kind of snuff out what your heart and your intuition and your gut is telling you and you begin to conform to what society expects or says you should be doing. And not only that, but you start comparing yourself to everybody else, too. And then when your writing starts to sound like everybody else's does, that's probably because you've been leading with your logic, not your heart. So I don't want to get too deep here, but I do want you to reconnect with your heart and get out of your head. Now, let me tell you how I put this strategy into practice. When I start to feel imposter syndrome creep in or when I start to feel those feelings of inadequacy or comparison come up, I just ask myself, is whatever I'm thinking true or are these just thoughts that are not serving me? So is this thing I'm thinking true, or are they just thoughts that are not serving me? And most of the time, you're going to realize that what you're experiencing is just a thought. It's just something that's not really rooted in any kind of truth. It's just, you know, your fear coming out to play. So write that question down for later because it's a handy one to have in your toolbox. Strategy number two is to take action. So when you're feeling like you're an imposter, the best thing you can do for yourself is get into action. And the strategy of taking action directly connects with our number one strategy, which is to get out of your head and get into your heart. Because by taking intentional action, you move out of your head, which is kind of sitting with these unpleasant thoughts and false beliefs that just aren't really serving you. And then you move into your heart, which is taking action that aligns with your gifts and your message, and then sharing those things with readers so that you can make an impact. So really, the main thing I want you to do is take one action, however big or small, that gets you one step closer to accomplishing your goals. Now, let's say you're working on a first draft. Taking one small action might be to write one new page, even if it's not that great, or it might be to outline two new scenes. So however big or small, it doesn't matter. I just want you to take some kind of action that moves you even just a half step forward. And I'll tell you that the writers I work with who follow this advice are so happy when they do. Not only does it give them a small win that helps create momentum, but it also takes you one step closer to a finished draft because all of those pages really do add up. So that's strategy number two, take action. Strategy number three is to stay in your lane. Now, there are two ways we're going to look at this. First of all, staying in your lane means stop chasing shiny objects or these brand new shiny ideas. The second way we're going to look at it is that staying in your lane means that you're going to put on blinders and you're going to not worry about what others are doing and you're going to stop comparing yourself to them. So let's take a look at chasing shiny objects first because I think we all do this one. We tend to do this when we get bored with what we're working on, or worse yet, we think there's a quicker way to get the outcome we want, so we jump ship and we run to the next thing. A lot of the time we think that this approach, like a new outlining method or another type of character sketch or whatever this new shiny object is, we think that it will be that magic pill or that thing we're missing in our writing practice, and it never is. So an example of this, and this is something I see all the time, is continuing to write the opening pages of a story over and over and over, or changing your character's name or hair color or any small detail like that, or even working on, say, three to four drafts at a time because it's kind of easier to just hop around and do little small things in each draft than, you know, really do the hard work of seeing one through to the end. So... Anyway, I want you to take a moment and think about a writer that you admire, because I'm willing to bet that they aren't chasing shiny objects. So I'm guessing that they make decisions or they choose a certain project to work on and then they stick to those decisions or they stick to that project. I'm also willing to bet that they put their head down and they get the work done. So in other words, they take action, which is strategy number two for how to beat imposter syndrome. So I really do think that if you want to step out of imposter syndrome, you have to stop chasing shiny objects because that just means you're going to be on loose footing all the time. You're not going to be able to get grounded in anything or in any story or in any character's head because you're just jumping around to the latest shiny idea or thing. And on that note, back to the writer that you admire, I bet there's one more thing that they don't do as well. They probably don't keep asking, should I be doing this or should I even write this book? So if you're constantly wondering things like this, I want you to just take that question out of your head. The writers you admire, I bet they don't always make the right decisions when it comes to their books and they probably go down little plot trails and all that stuff that we're all guilty of too, but they don't dwell on that kind of stuff either. And that's because they know that the decision they just made, whether it's right or wrong, is going to move them closer to where they want to go. So this is how I want you to start thinking about it. Every decision you make, whether right or wrong, is taking you one step closer to accomplishing your goals. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's not entirely true because if I make a wrong decision, then that means I'm moving backwards. But that's not how I want you to look at it. Instead, I want you to have confidence in the fact that every decision you make is actually bringing you closer to accomplishing your goals. Because even when you make a decision that isn't the best or that doesn't 100% serve your story or your theme or your idea or whatever, you learn something from it. So you learn something new about yourself or your writing habit or the story you're working on and then you can move forward. And it's this slight mindset shift that literally could change your writing life. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's true. So I really want you to think about that. Now, getting back to staying in your lane, this idea of flip-flopping from story to story or from one method to another, there's likely some fear behind that behavior. There's probably some urgency or some desperation to get your book done, and I challenge you to slow down and really examine why you keep flip-flopping from project to project and ask yourself, what's it going to take for me to put my head down, get into action, and stay with this until the end? So if you like to journal, maybe do a little bit of journaling on that or just have a really good think and see what you come up with. I also want to talk about this idea that you need to put blinders on and stop comparing yourself to other writers. And I just can't repeat enough how important that is. It's okay if you compare yourself because we all do that, but I just want you to catch yourself when you do it and then have a mantra or something that you say ready so that when these thoughts do come up, you have something to combat them with. So for example, say something to yourself like, okay, cool, but I don't need to go there right now and then keep moving on. So whatever your mantra is, you can make it up. But when I find myself comparing myself, and it usually happens when I'm, you know, reading a really good book or I'm scrolling through Instagram or I see that one of my friends got a book deal or, you know, someone got a request for their manuscript and I compare myself to them, I think something like, okay, that's great. I don't need to compare myself. I don't have time to do this. I'm going to keep moving forward instead. So I just kind of talk myself out of it and you can do the same. And I will tell you, it does take practice, but eventually it's going to become more of a habit and you won't really have to think about it. You've got to let that imposter syndrome grow. Just move forward. And when it shows up, now you know how to smack it back down. Say, no, thank you. I don't need you to do this today. I'm going to keep moving forward. So just try it out and see what happens. I don't want you to think it's going to go away completely, but it is very manageable if you've got the right tools in your toolbox, which hopefully you do now. And speaking of, let's recap those strategies before I let you go. So strategy number one is to get out of your head and get into your heart. So reconnect with why you're doing this and just kind of that message you have to share with the world so that you stop overthinking everything. Strategy number two is to take action. And I cannot stress this one enough. It's the most important one. So take any kind of action, whether it's, you know, one page, it could even be something like 50 words or outlining one scene, whatever it is, just take one step forward, no matter how big or small. Strategy number three is to stay in your lane. So stop chasing those shiny objects, whether they be a new story idea, a new outlining method, a new character development worksheet, whatever it is, just stay in your lane and put those blinders on. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys liked it. I know it's a little different than normal, but I have had so many writers come to me with these feelings of inadequacy and imposter syndrome lately that I just felt compelled to tackle it. So my hope for you is that this year is the year that you'll overcome your imposter syndrome and finish your book. I really, really, really want that for you. So thank you so much for tuning in. And here's to kicking imposter syndrome to the curb. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.